Welcome to Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up with the Successpert, award-winning financial educator, wealth expert, speaker, and author, Alfred Edmund Jr. And your co-host, life coach and author, D. Marshall. It's Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up. Hello and welcome to the new edition of Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm your co-host, Alfred Edmund Jr., with my co-host, D.C. Marshall. And we're here to talk about a really important subject, particularly everything that's going on around us right now, economically in the economy. We're talking about resilience, D. I don't know if you're obviously following the news. We're looking at everything from changes in the marketplace. We're talking about a impending recession, rising interest rates, and a bunch of other changes going on both globally and nationally. So what say you about the subject of resilience as we set off um, this new segment in this new show. Yeah, you know what? I, um, I'm excited about the conversation because I just had this conversation yesterday. I was a keynote speaker at EY. Um, they invited me to their beautiful new offices on the West Side. And the topic was resiliency. And so we talked about post-COVID and looking at resiliency and how that might look different on the other side of, of a pandemic and within a pandemic, within another pandemic and within a pandemic versus um, outside of that. We're here to talk about resilience. We're talking about resilience in the aftermath of the pandemic. We're talking about the resilience in the, in the wake of new impending economic challenges, including a predicted recession, rising interest rates, uh, you know, changes in the job market. And this, D, I think is really an important topic because for me, it's one of the real great environments for growth of faith. Um, I literally just posted on my Instagram and uh, Facebook today that, you know, recession, they say, I say, but God. And, and I noted that this will be my ninth recession since I was born. The year I was born, I was born into a recession. The year Black Enterprise was founded was during a recession. And there's been recessions since then. And, and uh, while those you know, are challenging times, those also are times to reinforce our sense of faith because God comes through. God comes through all the time. Uh, so I know this is a conversation I think is an important one as we not only come off of the challenges we've just been through these last couple of years, but as we look at some of the changes that are facing us right now. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I will say this, I think the conversation around resiliency, and, and I know you've heard me share this before, but I anchor back to the theme that I started with at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, you know, it was January of 2020. I, I've shared this before. I made a definitive decision to disrupt myself. And uh, little did I know, not only was my life going to be disrupted, but all of our lives were going to be disrupted. But one of the things that really helped me to stand strong, and um, this is in addition to my faith, me being a woman of faith, um, and the thing that I shared with others was we're coming out of this. We are coming out. We are not going to die, or at least not just yet, and not necessarily from a recession. We're coming out. So always having perspective um, is, is necessary. So, so um, I think that's the first piece, is just really having perspective. Um, and, you know, the three words that um, sort of was the beginning of, of the pandemic for me was, okay, be 
careful first, number one, and then number two, be grateful. Um, and number three, be prayerful. Or if we reverse it, number one, always start with prayer, be prayerful, trust God. Um, trust God, because even our posture to a recession um, gives an indication of are we believers believing in God or, or the idea of God and not believing God? Because I believe there are believing believers, like those who believe God and believe in God. And then there are some people who just believe in the idea of God, but don't believe God in terms of God's promises to keep us, to protect us and so on and so forth. So Yes, this conversation around resiliency is about being prayerful, number one, be careful, number two, and be grateful. And so that's really where I anchor even going into potentially another, and I'm going to call it another pandemic within a pandemic, if in fact we are on our way into a recession. So that's my two cents. Well, your two cents is worth a lot more than two cents. You know, I'm reminded of the, the scripture, build your hope on things eternal. The economy is fluctuating. Everything else fluctuates. Everything else is temporary. Everything else changes. So if you're building your hopes on things eternal, which means not just believing in God, but believing God, then you're already positioned to navigate whatever storms and changes are coming. That, by the way, includes opportunities as well as challenges. Well, listen, guys, we have the perfect guest to have this conversation. I'm talking about global strategist, best-selling author, Dr. Cindy Trim trained in strategic leadership at, at Oxford, a former senator, just versed in both corporate governance and corporate issues, as well as just broader economic issues, and most importantly, a thought leader and respected business and life strategist. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Trim. It's so great to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited about the topic of resilience. Well, as we jump into this conversation, Dr. Trim, tell our audience more about the journey that you've taken to become Dr. Cindy Trim. Um, yeah. what, you know, you're a best-selling author. I know you have, I think, a new book called Unstoppable, which is a great mindset to have in this environment, compete with your best self and win. But let's give our audience a little context about your perspective on this topic and the journey yeah. that you took to get that perspective. Yeah, um, I grew up in abject poverty. Uh, I actually was in an environment, I was surrounded by middle to upper um, class in terms of income, but we were the poorest of poor. We were the poor family. We're, we were the typical face of the Salvation Army brand, literally. Um, and that was my humble beginnings. Um, and through a series of unfortunate situations, um, death, my mother lost her parents by the time she was nine. And she raised, you know, her younger siblings. And then my father abandoned my mother after, you know, of course, having seven kids. So this is like a double, triple whammy. And she had to navigate that terrain. And I think why, you know, the whole topic of resilience is important because I watch my mother. That was an example. And a lot of times we're looking for um, tools but I think one of the greatest tools that we have is creating this ecosystem around us called relationships. So I watched my mother demonstrate what resilience looked like. And then a series of life crises happened to me. 
And that life crisis um, is where I really learned to change the narrative of my life, where I discovered that I was the leading actress. I wasn't waiting for a Superman or Superwoman or superhero. I was that superhero and that I had these superpowers. And one of the superpowers that I had was the ability to think. I discovered that where I end up tomorrow is as a result of the sum total of the thoughts that I had yesterday. And that at any given moment in my life, if my life is not going in the direction that I wanted it to go, I was not a victim. I was actually the creator of my reality. And then I discovered that, you know, I actually was casted as the lead role or in the lead role in the unfolding of my own life. So I stepped out of the shadows and I decided that I was not going to participate in um, poverty. And it was a decision that I definitely made and redefining my life actually resurfaced my destiny. So a lot of times people are looking for secrets or looking for something outside of themselves to change. But when you change on the inside and when you have the courage to reframe the narratives of your life, your life actually takes on a different kind of texture and tone. And the question that I always ask, could things be the way they are? because you are the way you are. And what one thing can you change that can change everything? And you could change the way you think about yourself and you could change the orientation that you have towards yourself and the orientation you have towards the world. And I figured out by the time I was eight years old that this world was filled with abundance and I could be a part of it. Wow, wow. You know, Dr. Trim, can you go a little deeper on how does an eight-year-old girl become aware or tap in to that level of depth at eight years old? I think that is so powerful. I've heard you share your story before. So I'd love to know, uh, eight years old, how does that happen? Where did that come from? I think out of necessity. Again, you know, we believe the stories we tell ourselves. And because I grew up in a home where my mother never spoke negatively about our condition. So she always said, you know, life is about decisions that you make. And I made a decision. Um, she asked, okay, Cindy, what do you want to do? Uh, do you want to go piano? Do you want to do ballet? What do you want to do as extracurriculum? So I figured, well, why do I have to choose one? I want to do everything. I want to do bowling, photography, you know, ballet, piano. I want to do everything. And her answer was okay. But I understood that okay simply meant you have to figure out how you're going to do it. And so that's when I started my first business. I started my first business because we had a problem. And I think, you know, if there's one thing that I can say to people, that there is prospering power in a problem. The bigger the problem, the greater the opportunity you have to look within for the solution. And so problems don't come to create duress. They come to expose what we have on the inside. And just through, you know, people ask me all the time, well, how did you do it at eight? How did you do it at 17? I think because we inherently 
Like there's this innate force that lets us know we know the terrain of our destiny. And it's connecting to that. I think I call it the God whispers, believing that your daydreams are possible and your desires are possible. But I only had an eight-year-old mind and it, my eight-year-old mind said, I can do this. But because I knew there was no money in the house, I didn't give up on myself and I didn't give up on my dreams. And that's what self-efficacy is all about. And I think teaching the next generation, um, you know, we're always going to have problems. There's always going to be a recession. There's always going to be a challenge. But those, I think, problems and challenges point you towards two things, purpose and potential. Uh, Dr. Trim, I, th I think you some, made some great points around your experiences and the mindset you adopted earlier in life that speaks to a, a very important topic when we're talking about resilience, and that is self-awareness. Wow. The, the idea of kind of knowing who you are, what you have to offer, what you have to contribute. And, and once you kind of have that self-awareness, you become more inwardly thinking in terms of your impact outward as opposed to just feeling your outward circumstances determine who you are kind of go deeper into that as a central element of, of resilience, whether yeah. you achieve that self-awareness as an eight-year-old or a 17-year-old, yeah. or maybe you haven't achieved it, but it's still not too late for you to strive for that sense of self-awareness as you're you know, looking at the opportunities and the challenges that you're facing today. Yeah, I'm going to try to do this in quick sound bites. So we're talking about self-mastery and we're talking about self-care. So self-mastery has about seven different dimensions and I, I give you the, the, the greatest and quickest definition. It starts with self-awareness. Self-awareness is knowing where you start and someone else ends. And it's all about personal boundaries. And I think um, the greatest challenge in life is to be your own person and to take ownership for who you are and to live your life. It's your life. Nobody else is gonna live it for you. But we talk about self-mastery, but how can you master a self that you don't know? That takes me to the next and that's self-knowledge. You've got to stop living as a stranger to yourself. Start asking the deep and bold question, who am I? And then have the courage to discover it. Find out who you are. And life have a, has a way of offering you a mirror by offering you a crisis or a problem. And that mirrors potential that is unborn to time. The next one is self-approval. Do you love yourself? Do you approve yourself? So many people walk around with an imposter syndrome filled with insecurity. They're gifted, they're talented, but they know the pain of rejection. And so if you live in a world that teaches you that other people are bigger and better and greater than you, then you learn how to reject yourself. And I think, you know, there's this quote um, that I absolutely love, and it talks about the whole idea of knowledge. And it says that if you can control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his action. And when you determine what a man shall think, you do not have to concern yourself about what he will do. And if you make a man feel that he is inferior, you do not have to compel him to accept the inferior status for he will seek it himself. And if you make a man think that he is unjustly an outcast, you do not have to order him to the back door. He will go without being told. And if there is no back door, 
his very nature will demand one. And that's the miseducation of the Negro, Carter G. Wilson. And I remembered that. So self-approval simply means that you give yourself permission to be unapologetically you. You approve yourself. You approve your dreams. You talk to yourself. You say to yourself, I'm, I'm enough. I'm great. I have something to contri contribute to this world. You know, it's going beyond self-knowledge. And you say, I'm good enough. I'm great enough. I deserve to have better this self-approval. The next one is self-respect. And when you have self-respect, you don't undermine your own greatness. You get rid of, you know, habits that um, does not reflect the next best version of yourself. And then you have the courage to change, to evolve based on your understanding of what your potential and purpose is. And if you really don't understand what your potential and purpose is and how great you are, look at the things that offend you, what people say about you or how people reject you, that's usually a sign that you know, I deserve to be treated better. I deserve to live better, to have better. So just flip it and don't become a victim. The next one is self-care. And we talk about self-mastery. We talk about self-care, but that's investing in yourself. Everyone should have a line item on their discretionary budget um, for self-care. We have a line item for cell phones, for cars and homes, but what about self-care? And that's where you love yourself enough to stop putting yourself last for caring about and maximizing your potential, your mental health, your physical health. And you build strategies around that by building a vision for yourself. And I always say it starts with the six R's, routine, rituals, uh, rejuvenation, rest. You got to get rest and all of that. And then the last two is um, self-actualization that you have to get involved with, you know, um, and that, that evolves from out of self-discipline. And without self-discipline, you will undermine your future success. And I try to say it as quick as I possibly can. And I hope I remembered all seven. No, I think you did. That was a great framework for the, for the rest of our conversation. Um, I'm struck by the last thing you said about self-discipline. Um, the pastor of my church preached on the difference between being stubborn and being disciplined this past Sunday. And he said, if you're acting on your feelings, you're being stubborn because your feelings are driving your behaviors, but it really shouldn't be that because your feelings mm -hmm. fluctuate and change. If you're acting in your faith, that's being disciplined because you're mm -hmm. believing in something that's stable and that doesn't change. And, and that was, it was a mind blowing thing for me to even look at my decisions in my career, decisions in my relationships with my family, and you, just a, you're approaching life in general, and certainly about being re resilient. And my, again, I could look at the stock market going down and, and then it react to my feelings, or I could say, yeah, the stock market goes down, prices go up and down, credit scores go up and down. That doesn't necessarily mean that I should be responding to that from a feeling standpoint. So that idea of self-discipline in particular really strikes a chord with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, um, you know, as long as we feel that our lives are in the hands of someone else, we will undermine our own self-efficacy. In other words, when God created us, he created us with a drive, an instinct for living. Nobody wants to die, you know. And if we can tap into that instinct to live, 
we can bring life to dead situations, dead dreams, to dead faith, um, knowing that, you know, this is God's will for our lives. God's will is for us to be successful, for us to live with abundance, for us to prosper. And we have to believe that, but nobody's going to do that for you. Um, there's a scripture that says God will multiply you a thousand times more, even as you are, not as you have. So we're already trillionaires. We just don't have the money to prove it yet. And um, he gives you the power to create wealth, but power is always given in potential form and it has to be exercised. Excellent. D. You know, I don't even know what to say at this point. I'm just thinking, listen, I've been a student of Dr. Trim for, um, I think since I met you. Um, in fact, it was probably before that. So it's been at least 10 years. And so I'll tell you what dots I'm connecting right now. And I'm just remembering, I think a core part of who I've become from a self-efficacy perspective in terms of routine and discipline was as a result of you snatching my edges and calling me out in your book, Command Your Morning, snatching my edges. It was life-changing, that tiny little book, because um, I'm remembering that something about you will always have perpetual cycles of defeat wherever there is an absence of routine and rituals and order. And so I'm connecting that from your book, the impact to my life and even resiliency. Um, So Dr. Trim, in your book, Commanding Your Morning, you know um, the piece in your book about like order and structure. Um, I know you've written several books since then, but that's the book I'm stuck on and that I love because it answered a question, I think, for people of God, like people of faith. And that is that everything is not the devil. No, the enemy is not busy. And if he busy, how you know? Y'all talking? No, it's not that deep. And it's not that serious. This is really about you getting your house in order. And so we're going to go to break and then we're going to come back on the other side. Everybody, this is Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. And we'll be right back. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a Black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, 
experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. And we're back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. My name is DC Marshall. He's Alfred Edmund Jr. And you are listening to Be Lifted Up. So this show, everybody, you know, we talk here about finances and faith. Um, but today we have an amazing guest. I've been following uh, Dr. Trim for many years, and many of you have been following. You have um, several of her books, or you, you maybe tapped into a program or her work. Um, she's a multifaceted woman. What I love about Dr. Trim is she's a woman of faith, but she's also a strategist and leadership development. You all know that's what I do at my company, Diverse and Engage. So anybody who can connect the dots between faith and what it is that God says and connected to leadership development and us taking responsibility for who we are, you know, I am a fan. But I want to bring us up to today. Uh, Dr. Trim has a new book. It's called Unstoppable. And so I just want to lean in there. Uh, Everybody, you need to get the book. For those of you who are stuck like me on uh, commanding your morning, no, we're not talking about commanding your morning. Hashtag unstoppable. In fact, online right now, everybody hashtag unstoppable at Dr. Cindy Trim. Just go search right now. And now, Dr. Trim, can you take us into your current book, Unstoppable? What led you to write the book? What is about? What would you like to share? What do we need to know about Unstoppable? Um, I get a lot of interviews. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, uh, Les Brown, and we were talking about experiences that we had. And um, he was stuck on two particular experiences that I shared with him. And this book grew out of that because so many people were just stuck and they didn't know how to get out of that cycle. I call it a stutter. You know, when you stutter, you repeat things over and over. So people were were in this stuttering phase in their lives. And he asked me a couple of questions. I thought, well, this will be a great book and a sequel to uh, what I wanted to do with women. So I've moved in a space of mentoring women. And the first book I wanted to write is The Unstoppable Compete With Your Best Self and Win. Because a lot of us believe that we are competing with other people when we're actually not. There's a path that God has given us. He has a place for you, a space for you, a race for you, a grace for you. And nobody can take the grace from you, cannot take your space or occupy your place. They cannot. It's impossible. Um, And so in writing this book, I wanted to write it for women as well as men that love women or men that have girls that they really want to see succeed in life. So it's for everyone, basically, on what to do with um, situations when it looks like all the odds are stacked up against you. How do you become an odd-defying individual? How do you defy pop? Um, overcome the odds that are stacked up against you financially, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, professionally, 
and I wrote this book. It's about and tapping into your own power source and knowing that you're unstoppable. And in this book, I tell this two stories. One story is about when I was five years old, I was in a race and I didn't, it was a shoelace race. And I didn't realize that um, you had to know how to tie your shoelace. I grew up in a family of seven. I was only five and everybody tied my shoelace. I guess it was easier to tie them than to teach. So I was in this shoelace race they said, put your sneakers at the starting line, take a couple of steps back, and then you run, put your shoes on, tie your shoelaces, and then head towards the finish line. So it was on your mark, get set, go. We all started running. I'm just five years old and running with everyone. Everyone put their shoes on. I put my shoes on. And then one by one, they left. And I was left there by myself. And they said, Cindy, come on. But I knew that there were rules that I didn't know. And I refused to go. And so I had little tears coming on my eyes. And my teacher came and said, Cindy, I'll tie them for, for you. And I said, no, I need you to show me. So while the race, I was holding up this whole school sport. And she tied one. And I learned how to tie my shoe on the fly. And for us in life, there are so many people that have abilities to do more in life, to, to go further, but they are stuck. And this is what they do. Ready, aim, 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 aim. And sometimes you just got, got to go after your dreams like it's the last bus at night and acquire the skills as you run. And that's about unstoppable. You pick up as you go. A lot of us are waiting for things to get better, waiting for our children to get older, waiting for a promotion. This is what I tell people when they call me, they say, how are you doing? I say, I'm on top of the world, still rising and making waves that other people ride. We are not waiting for people to open doors for us. Build your own door and open it for yourself. That, that's and, and, and that's what unstoppable is all about. You know, that's such a strong point in relation to resilience, because many of us believe when I become resilient enough, I will do that. I will take on that challenge. I will take that action when it's really the opposite based on what you're saying. By doing it, I become more resilient. Exactly. By doing it, I become ready. I'm prepared as I do. It's not I prepare first, then I do it. Would yeah. You, you yeah. agree with that? I agree with it. And a lot of people are stuck in their past. I often say that your past is too heavy to drag into your future. So you might as well let it go. And then there's one more thing that I say to people that your worst mistake and your worst day in your life, it can't even compare to the greatness that is on the inside of you. You are greater than your worst mistake and bigger than your worst failure. And you've got to believe that. I, I say people that make mistakes and people that fail are the most courageous people ever. At least they try. Mm -hmm. So, you know, life is full of lessons and you've discovered a way not to do something. And if you would accept those that are listening, that where you are right now, you paid to be here. You paid with your time, you paid with your energy, you pay it with your focus. And we live in an intention-driven economy. So if you don't like where you are, all you have to do is change, 
what you think about it, what you look at, change what you focus on, change your attention, change where you spend your energy, and then change your habit. That's the secret to life. Life happens at the speed of a habit. Life is about strategies. So don't blame yourself for making a mistake or messing up. That's too much of a burden for anyone to carry on their own. This is what I tell people. If you don't like where you are, you can be somewhere else if you only know where that somewhere else is because your feet will never take you where your mind has never been. So change how you spend your energy, change your focus. And if we live in an economy that is driven by attention, an attention-driven economy, then there are certain things and certain people that you should never focus on. Focus on your future and not your past. And you'll end up having a future that is far bigger and greater than you can ever imagine. The power is on the inside of you. You've got something to give this world that only you can give. And you might as well show up unapologetic and you might as well become unstoppable because you absolutely are. Everybody's looking for a superhero. Why can't that superhero be you? I am just sitting here being poured into. Just, but again, as Dee said, I don't know what to say, but I, I'm just connecting to the dot. We have attention, what we're paying attention to. It's intention, setting an intention, because if you don't set an intention, you won't do anything. Um, and then it's action, following that attention. And it's also not carrying past baggage along the way that it doesn't fit your intention. Um, that's, that's really critical to, again, being resilient, being disciplined um, and making progress and not being stuck. Let me tell you, Dr. Trim just got me together, okay? So listen, she got me together offline. She said, did you ever get the sequel to Commanding Your Morning? And I now realize why she's just looking at me like, what is she talking about? Like she is still on Commanding Your Morning. And so Dr. Trim, I'm embarrassed to say I do not because that first book was so good. It was life-changing. Good is not even an adequate word. Do you understand? I took it and ran with it. Women's lives were changed as a result because I am, I'm a Bible doing teacher. I'm not teaching you how to study the Bible. I'm teaching you how to do the Bible. So, right, this is over and above my education, my two earned degrees, one honorary doctorate, my coaching certification, me training million dollar producers and high level and high ranking, high profile women all around. I'm a Bible doing teacher and your book taught us how to do. And so I'm sorry, I'm going to get the book, but let me tell you what I really want to ask you. Now I'm at Unstoppable. And I really just want to ask you this question. Where is the book club or the program for Unstoppable? Because we're signing up right now. Let's cut. Okay. I promise you, I promise you, you know, I was sitting the other day. um, I've learned this new strategy in prayer. It's called Shaquat. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, pray, 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 and we're articulate and we talk, 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 but we never listen. It's the art of listening to God. And I spend 10 days fasting, shaquatting, not saying anything. And I had the most awesome conversations with God. He just talked to me. And his, his mind is far greater than mine. His thoughts for me are far greater than mine. And he spoke to me clearly. He said, 2022, I want you once a month 
to teach women, just take women aside and spend a weekend with them and teach them everything about life you possibly can. And I want you to do it every single month in 2023. So that's what I'm going to be doing every single month, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of people doesn't, don't realize that commanding in the morning does have sequels. My niece was 17 and she became pregnant at 17. She lived with me at 17 and, um, and she lived with me for the first couple of months that the baby was born. And I began to teach her, I said, you know, nobody is responsible for your life or this beautiful baby's life. This is your responsibility. And I began to lecture. And then I wrote this book and the book was Commanding Your Morning. So she went through, got her master's degree, started working at Price Waterhouse. And I told her, you will get absolutely nothing from me unless you read Commanding Your Morning. So she read Commanding the Morning, finished her degrees, raised her little girl, and she got promoted in Price Waterhouse. And when they would go into meetings, she said she would memorize the quotes from Commanding the Morning, and she would say it in the business meeting until they thought she was the most brilliant person. And she said she hid it from her family. She hid it from her friends because she didn't want them to know she was stealing it from my book. So finally she called me and she said, look, I got all these promotions. I have actually run out of your quotes. Can you write another book? So, so that people don't realize that she was quoting from this book. So I wrote the sequels. And it's Hello Tomorrow, which is about vision, how to write a vision, the 12 areas. I take you 12 levels deep. And this is the secret to my success, that whole book, Hello Tomorrow, and then Goodbye Yesterday. And that's the sequel. So you got to get Commanding Your Morning, Hello Tomorrow, Goodbye Yesterday. You'll be all set up and then unstoppable. I have my book right here. And again, you know, mine is just to empower people to fulfill their purpose. And I always felt, this is my final um, statement, I always felt that the missing link in everybody's life is mentorship. And I asked myself this question, since I have such a burden, how can I reach all the people that I know is gifted and talented? And that's how I became an author. I became an author because I wanted to mentor the masses. Wow, wow. Well, first of all, mentorship is one of my all-time favorite things. I'm passionate about being a mentor. Um, already thought of 30 people I need to um, order your books for, in addition to the reading the ones I haven't read, because D is ahead of me. I haven't read any of the books that you mentioned. Uh, oh my I got, gosh, I got you've been living under a rock. I got a lot of work to do. But more importantly, like you said, it's not just the work that I have to do for myself. I'm, I'm constantly thinking about how do you amplify this? How do you amplify this? How do you replicate this? And mentorship is obviously a key purpose of doing that. So I'm, I'm going to be lined up to order a bunch of books to give a bunch of mentees, both male and female, because again, you can have a gender focused conversation, but the wisdom is not gender restricted. You know, it, it really is the key to being resilient, being successful, being self-aware, being self-disciplined. And again, if your feelings cause you to change the habit, you're not being disciplined. You're just being stubborn. But if your discipline is what you do, no matter how you feel, 
Faith is what you believe in, no matter how you feel, no matter how the day is going, no matter how the economy is going, no matter what the stock market is doing, no matter what the weather is doing. And, and you really laid out a real action plan and strategy during the course of our show, for, you know, in, in an actionable, practical way, which both D and I are both passionate about. It's not just, oh, it sounds good. And I believe what you're saying is, okay, now what do I do? after I've listened to Dr. Trim talk on Be Lifted Up, to actually take steps in my life to manifest what we all know is possible because we can do all through things through Christ who strengthens us. That's wonderful. I think the best thing that I can tell people where to start is to take me moments. That's 30 minutes a day. Paul said, this one thing I do. So what one skill is worth investing one hour a day in developing. And if you can develop that one skill, then within four years, you will be amongst the best, if not the best in the world in that area. You'll become a GOAT, the greatest of all time. If we can just do that one thing, what is that one skill that is worth investing one hour a day that has the power to change your life financially, emotionally, spiritually, socially. What is that one thing? And you take me moments in developing that. The second thing is asking yourself every single day, which part of myself should I let go that I've outgrown that has the power to undermine the next best version of myself and let that part of you go. It no longer serves you, let that go. And then the last thing is you will absolutely live a life that is congruent to the five people that is closest to you. And so if you look at their lives, if you look at their lives professionally, financially, that means if you want to know what your finances are going to look like five years from now, look at the five people that are closest to you and examine their finances. And if they're struggling five years from now, you'll be struggling. What you can do is see yourself as a brand and build a, a trust circle around you who holds you accountable for becoming the next best version of yourself, for fulfilling the vision that you have written out for yourself, and then holding you accountable for not undermining yourself with bad habits. These are the things that you can do immediately. Dr. Trim, in the time we have left, what is the best way for our audience to continue to follow what you're doing? Like me, order your books and keep up with everything from your, your monthly teaching sessions in, you know, in the coming year. Just what's the best way for us to can you stay in touch? Um, Cindy Trim on all social media and they're all blue checked. So it's, they're all blue. Oh, so if you see a Cindy Trim that doesn't have that blue check, then it's not me. Listen, powerful, powerful, powerful. This is Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. D, this, this is... <laughs> We could do another half hour as far as I'm concerned, easily and not be done with this conversation. Dr. Trim, just, just amazing, just amazing.
I would love to show back up okay. and be a part of what you're doing and support, you know, the success of your vision. Would love to anytime. Well, we have you on the record. This is Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. I'm here with DC Marshall, and we want to thank you again, Dr. Trim, for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. God bless. Thank you. OMG, what a show. I know you're going to want to go back and listen, Alfred. I know you are. I am too. But as we wrap up here, I just want to say what a powerful session. She is such an amazing leader. Um, but she's actually, um, I would say, an amazing teacher of life skills faith-based life skills, Bible doing. Like I said, I, I've been such a student. And so if you all still plugged in here, which I know you are, um, Dr. Trim's website is cindytrimministries.org. You can go over there and learn more about Dr. Trim. She has a leadership series there. She's got a kingdom ministry school and uh, she's just an amazing spirit. She's been around and a, and a solid, uh, I'm going to say warrior for so many years, but it's been such a delight to have her here. So um, we started with resiliency and we had the woman of God, a great strategic thinker and leadership development teacher come and just download um, but Alfred, I'll hand it over to you to close us out because I just wanted to make sure that everybody here had cindytrimministries.org as your place to go for all things uh, Dr. Cindy Trim. Oh, thank you, Dee. And listen, as you said, this is a show worth listening to multiple times. And you can do that by going to beliftedup.com, excuse me, beliftedupradio.com, where you can find this show and, and, and all, all of our shows. Um, you can also... Listen to us on Sirius XM 141 and check out this show as well as other um, episodes of Be Lifted Up at mochapodcastnetwork.com. That's mochapodcast with an S, network.com. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. with DC Marshall. We'll see you next time. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a Black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, 
For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.